like a fun Janet jackson feel that we did that day. Anticipating and I run away, we're done the same day. Welcome to The Original Doll. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. We go behind the scenes and learn all about these amazing artists and creatives who bring the music that we love. And at the same time, we help out charity. For more information, go to the website, theoriginaldoll.com. While you're there, join my Patreon community. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. You all rock. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and rate the show and tell your friends about it. My name is James Rodriguez. This is The Original Doll Iconography. Today, we welcome back producer Josh Schwartz, who was part of the production team KNS, who were behind so many great Britney Spears songs from My Only Wish This Year to Britney tracks to In The Zone tracks and more. Just scroll through those other episodes and you'll find his name. Check out those songs. Now, the single anticipating is from Britney Spears' third studio album, Britney. The physical single was released exclusively to France. Here in the United States... Anticipating received limited radio airplay with its U.S. radio debut October 26, 2001 in Rochester, New York. Now, many of you know Rochester, New York was the first city, the first market in all of the United States to play Baby One More Time back in August of 1998. And I go through all sorts of research to say, okay, which city has given the most love to these songs? Anticipating has received the most plays than any other city in the United States, The top spinner of the song goes to Chicago. So congratulations and big shout out to my Patreon patrons. You all are the reasons why we're able to get all this great research and go through all these magazine archives. Now, for those, if this is your first time learning about the Britney album, here's what's amazing. We found out exclusively from Josh Schwartz that Britney's third album, the Britney album, was influenced by the script of Crossroads, which had a different title at the beginning. He talks about how all of these different songs kind of were from different characters based on different scenarios. So when you go through these other interviews with Josh Schwartz, you're going to kind of hear about it. Now, many people may say, James, why don't you put all the songs together? Well, each song deserves its own spotlight. That's why we do that. Each song was created with a different mindset and we're honoring the legacy. It's easy to throw them all in one 20 minute, you know, interview and have 30 different songs, but we want to have each of these songs shine on their own. And I always went off for mood. So they gave us a copy of the script 
to Crossroads. That was the way we went about making that third album. They gave us a copy of the script and they're like, look, Brittany's going to make a record that sort of is the movie soundtrack, but it's all going to be released at once. It's going to be, we're going to go number one everywhere. We're going to number one movie, number one this, number one that. And I said, okay, I see your goal. That's awesome. What do you want me to do? So they're like, can you fly out to LA? She's going to have downtime in the morning, a little bit of downtime in the afternoon. She'll go back and forth to the uh, studio. It's a place called Rusk on La Brea in LA. And, um, that was where we just, we rented out the studio for like, I feel like a month, you know, we just stayed out there and kept going back and forth and we just got together there. We had the whole room and it was a reasonable, you know, everything happened in a reasonable amount of time. Like she would come in. It wasn't like these eight hour sessions. It would just be quick, you know, cause a lot of the concepts for the songs were in the script. I wanted to hop out for a moment to talk about what Josh just said is that the, the initial production meeting uh, for them as songwriters and producers was basically the label saying, hey, this is where we want music from. And it was the script of Crossroads. But we're not going to do this official soundtrack thing. We'll have a separate something else. But this is where we want you to derive your songs from. So they did that to make the Britney album be a companion piece. Back in November of 2001, MTV had reported Britney Spears stated there was going to be no separate soundtrack, that the songs that she recorded specifically from the script were only going to be on her album. And that was a discussion because I know many people said, oh, they pulled the songs off of the soundtrack at the last minute. You know, from the sounds of her from talking to Josh and about these future songs we're going to be talking about is the intention was to get album songs from the script of Crossroads. So there was never an intent to make songs that were going to be on a separate soundtrack. The intent for Josh and Brian from the label, who also happened to be one of the producers of, uh, Zamba ended up being one of the producers of the movie, is these songs that are going to be on Britney's third album are going to be derived from this script and the script at different times was called uh that's what friends are for not a girl uh finally crossroads was the title that was chosen but i wanted to throw that out there because i know i'd seen uh some questions asking you know why were the songs pulled off the last minute from the official soundtrack the songs that were written for it well from josh's mouth they were making songs specific to the album but the material was derived from the script itself. Um, and like I said, Britney said in 2001, there was going to be no soundtrack. Uh, so I think at a certain point, the label said, Whoop, we're going to get some more music. So let's throw this karaoke sing-along version of I Love Rock and Roll on the music from the movie Crossroads. So I'm going to hop back in. Just kind of like a fun Janet Jackson-y feel that we did that day. Well, and that was one of those things. There was a lot writing on that album being the third album and it being her big foray into into movies yeah that was her grow-up album you know that's what they wanted she couldn't be a pop swedish pop music kid anymore that was time for her to so slave is what really worked back in october of 2001 britney spears had said that she named her third album britney because it was her most personal and it re really reflected who she was she also said that it was her first time trying to write things since Diary um, from last the year before's Oops, I Did It Again. Now, this was partially due, and MTV stated uh, back in October, that it was due to the assistance she received from our guest today, Joshua Schwartz, and his writing partner, Brian. 
Now, MTV reported, while Spears simply came up with the concepts they developed on some of the tracks, she both wrote the melody and words for the others. And she was quoted as saying, this is the first album I have really, really ever written and taken my time on. So when I actually listen to the whole album, it's just that much more special. I don't know if I'm the best songwriter in the world, but I had a lot of fun doing it and hopefully I will get better and grow. This is, I think, what's important. In the previous episodes of the original Doll, Joshua told us that Britney Spears, you know, came in and talked, talked about where she was at, what she was going through, and that Brian and Josh really listened. And from there, they took these ideas and, and looked at the script and said, how do we make this hybrid? So when you listen to these songs, and Britney Spears wrote a handful of songs on the album, most of them were with today's guest, Joshua Schwartz. And I think that's something that's super important because Joshua, he, I mean, he worked on Intimidated, Lonely, Anticipating, That's Where You Take Me, Let Me Be, Before the Goodbye, I Run Away, and Bring Me Home. So a lot of the songs that he worked on, Britney Spears was a part of. So that's something to think about, that this is a time in which Britney Spears really really was involved in an album and as we know uh, decades later Britney would be singing one of those songs in a car one day we'll get to that in a future episode uh, which happened to have been recorded before uh, that audio came out but what I thought was important is this the Britney album and the the crossroads era it seems as though it was really Britney behind the wheel she talked extensively in different interviews how she was excited for the album, how she knew that maybe some of the fans and some of the critics wouldn't like the music, but that she thought this was the most her and that she had to do some growing. So I just wanted to pop out and talk about that, that she gives props to our guest today, Joshua Schwartz, as somebody who helped her, you know, gave her that support to really that freedom to write what she wanted to write, to talk about what she wanted to talk about. And once again, Joshua mentioned Britney Spears knows melody. She knows songwriting. What I think is really interesting is this is one of the times in which Britney, on numerous occasions, stated that she had recorded 23 songs. And we know from those 23 songs, there were multiple other songs uh, that were written uh, for her, you know, demoed and everything. Here's the thing. Oftentimes I have, you know, listeners of the, the original Dow reaching out to me saying, can you ask why this song didn't make it? Can you ask why that song didn't make it? And I'll be going into um, two BT tracks. So be aware of that. That's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But in talking with all of these over 20 different songwriters and producers is there's a lot of politics that goes on behind the scenes. The label will go for that sure bet. The label will say, hey, Max Martin wants to be on this. There's a good chance we're going to get a single out of that. Then what happens when Max Martin is, you know, working with Dr. Luke and Dr. Luke has his own writing partners? Well, if they're executive producing or if they're the captains of this ship, chances are they're going to be working with and putting on a lot of songs from their people. And not saying that they would turn over, you know, push down a, a song that they know is a surefire hit but the thing to consider is this publishers labels there's all a connection to them so when asked you know 
James, what can you ask them about why the song wasn't picked? Your guess is kind of almost as good as most of theirs. Sometimes it's Britney didn't want to go in this direction, she felt too vulnerable, or she thought the song sounded too much like a song she just heard on the radio. A lot of things can go into it. So I started asking Josh about working with Britney and and what his thoughts are on when songs get picked for albums, when songs don't get picked, uh, the production, you know, process and everything. And here's what he had to say. A lot of it is political. Believe me, that was the other reason I left. I was just done. I was, I was spent. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm writing and writing and writing. And like, it's like the, the guy owns a piece of the publishing of this guy. So of course they're going to use that. So I'm going, God, do you care about this record? And then you realize nobody, they're cannibalizing the records anyways. And on iTunes, and it changed. And you know what? It was all right. I had a good run 20 years. I was like, I want to do something else now. Well, I, I, I'm the weirdest guy. Cause I never, I don't, I don't know how to put this without ruining your show, but I'm not a star fucker. I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's why you're on here. <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. Like if somebody's famous or not famous, I just want to write a good song and go home. Yep. I'm not into partying. I'm not into hanging out with celebrities. I said, hi, I'd go to the parties if I was invited to like breaks. I love Brittany. She was so sweet. And I brought my wife, you know, we were just hanging out and Dan Aykroyd sitting with me. I'm like, how did I, how does this happen? Like, how, how am I? I'm like an idiot. You know, I'm like, I'm not that good. I just, I don't know how I stepped in shit with Britney. Or, I don't know how it happened. I gotta be honest with you, I have no clue. I'm just hanging out. Brian and I write songs and uh, my publishers were great. Our management was okay at the time. Uh, but, you know, I had a great lawyer. My lawyer was Larry Rudolph. I mean, you don't get a better guy. He's a great guy. Hooked me up with a lot of great stuff. Uh, all those crews, you know, uh, Backstreet, Britney, Gaga was through my management. <laughs> Hopping out for a quick second to remind you, go back through my old episodes if you haven't listened to them and check out all of those different songs that Josh, in fact, worked on. The other thing is join me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and go on to that Patreon, join that community. Because what's amazing is we've been able to get so many exclusive bits of information. It's because of you. We've been able to go through newspaper archives, radio archives, and magazines, and more. So thank you so much. Big shout out to Patreon. And don't forget to rate this on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Now back to the show. We had strings, live orchestra. Um, well, I, I have some video of it somewhere on one of my computers. Uh, that was all live strings, anticipating it. I ran away back to back. We So it would cost less. We were able to book it back to back with the 30-piece orchestra. You know, it was really cool. Uh, it was Jimmy Braylauer. Is that the guy who did it? Jimmy B? Yeah. he um, He's the guy who did the string section for like Arms Wide Open for Creed. Yep, Jimmy Biondolio. Oh, yeah, that's it. Biondolio or something. Yeah, it was like a really long name. Uh, he did the strings yep. arrangement for us on that. He did a beautiful job. When you work on these big projects, though, do you have you been able to listen to the other tracks that were being created? Yeah. When I talked to people during like the circus era, they were like, they were at Conway and they're like, Studio One, we were working at Circus, then If You See Gamey was here. And then it's like, they were all happening at the same time. So were you aware of any of the songs that were going to make the album as well? Yes, I can't remember what song I was mixing, but Max was doing I'm Not a Girl in the other room. And I was mixing, maybe anticipating or something or cutting the vote. I think we were cutting guitars to anticipating because Niall Rogers played guitar on that. Niall Rogers played guitar. And here's what's so cool. He didn't charge us. He just goes, I just, can I bring my daughter to meet Brittany? And that was it. That's all he asked for. We got Niall Rogers on that. If you look at the credits, that was the most insane 
I think moment ever in the history of all things. Uh, he came in and he was the coolest. You didn't realize Niles played on it. I know. I wish it said featuring Nile Rogers. I even put it in my credits when I turned him into the label, but I don't think they added it. I mean, this guy did like a virgin. He did, uh, what did he do? I mean, everything. 70s to the 80s. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. And he was so cool. He came in with his fender and he sat down, he plugged in, and he just started doing the Nile. He just goes, all right, is that what you're kind of doing? And Brian and I are looking at him like, look, we just copied what you would have done because we grew up listening to you play. So whatever you want to do, do it. Don't ask us for direction. You're Niall effing Rogers, you know? And we just were like, I can't believe I'm in the room with them. I don't have cam. We didn't have cameras back then. We didn't have phones like this. I had like a, you know, like a, Hey, what's up? You know, that's what I carried. So a lot of this, I don't have documents of some people don't even believe I had this. I mean, I have some pictures, but most I just have gold records and platinum. Records. I have cool stuff that I keep in my house. That's it. Um, I don't share that many experiences unless I'm asked, but had a really fun time. But that was cool, man. Nile Rogers was a hero. So being in the room with him was like, whoa, that was a big deal. Well, it was during that she came in. I think it was that song. I think it was that song or one. It was that album, though. And I remember she came in, and sat down like this, and she was like, oh, and we're like, what's up? What's going on? And she's like, if I have to sing, I'm not a girl one more time. I swear to God, like she was losing it. Max is a professional. He's like Matlant. So yep. I just remember Brittany like losing her mind because he had her sing like, you know, she does her thing. And I think there was just a little thing was bugging him. And she, she ran out of the room and took a break and ran into with us. And then sooner, five minutes later, Max walks in and I'm like, what's up, dude? And he goes, I'm looking for Brittany. And I'm like, oh, man, uh, I think she's hiding from you, bro. <laughs> Max and Rami, I think it was Rami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the dude he always worked with. Um, they were all just looking for yep. like, Brittany, hello. And um, she kind of ran away for a minute just to take a mental break because she kept re-singing and re-singing. But, but that song had, it was really, uh, she needed to sound vulnerable. I mean, they did a beautiful job. I think Dido wrote that song with Max from what I can yep, remember. Yeah, she came in to clean it up. Yeah, it was, a it was a really beautiful song. It was perfect for that time in her life. They did a great job of that. I asked Josh his final thoughts on the song Anticipating, which was released as a physical single in France, which you can find online. I remember Brittany loving it, and uh, she was a big part of that. She wrote a lot of those melodies with us, so I remember her uh, loving it. Fun song. Well, and that was something uh, several of the songwriters, especially early in her career, talked about. They said Britney Spears doesn't get enough credit with knowing what melodies work and don't work. Oh, yeah. That there was this discussion that Britney doesn't get involved in her music and hasn't since day one. And all the songwriters I've talked to that have been in the studio with her are like, no, she definitely, she she knows what she likes and she knows what's pop and what's not. Totally. Britney performed Anticipating on her Dream Within a Dream tour, which by many fans is one of her best tours of all time. And so I asked Josh about what it felt like to see Britney Spears performing the song that he'd written or co-written or co-produced with her. And here's what he had to say about the experience of watching her perform his songs. 
I saw her do my songs. I didn't even put it together in my own brain. I just was invited to go see her at MSG one, one afternoon, you know, it was like a seven o'clock or some show. And I walked in and I'm sitting there with my partner and I'm watching, looking around. Then all of a sudden she started doing my songs. I'm seeing all these guys and girls just jumping around and she was doing it. So he's dissipating. I'm going, wait a second. I wrote this tune. It's being played at Madison Square Garden right now. And Britney Spears is saying, it just, I guess it kind of freaked me out. But then, I, I, you know, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I just, I'm kind of known to just be, just, I, I, it was weird. It was certainly surreal. Oh, wow.